welcome to episode two of Spam 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 Humbug. Don't knock the fun. This is, of course, the Ultima Codex podcast, and I am, well, I'm known as Withstand the Fury Dragon, officially, within the member roster of the Ultima Dragon's internet chapter. Over the years, that has gotten abbreviated to WTF Dragon. It doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. But I suppose internet parlance has replaced my silly little acronym from my high school days. This week I want to comment a little bit on Warren Spector's South by Southwest lecture on the dangers of thinking of games as fun, and raise a couple of objections there too. So as mentioned, Warren Spector was presenting at South by Southwest earlier this month. Uh, he gave a talk on the dangers of thinking of games as fun. In it, he quoted a study that stated the value of the gaming industry globally at around $94 billion. He then went on to ask why games, despite the fact that the industry has outpaced the film and television industries, remained in a sort of cultural ghetto. His answer, that at least a part of it has to do with the metrics used to measure a game's success, namely, the idea that what makes a game successful is whether it is fun or not, which it would seem he is opposed to. People thought movies were trivial at one point, and now you can get a film studies PhD, he said. People thought that popular music wasn't worth studying. People thought that television wasn't worth studying. New forms of media start as outliers, and then over time they either go away or they become inside. We're a pretty darn central part of culture, he argued. And yet, in spite of the fact that games are everywhere, Spectre feels that the dialogue surrounding them has failed to catch up. Continuing along this line of thought, Spectre went on to argue that those who write about games need to ask how the game fits within the surrounding culture. What does it say about gender roles or politics, for instance? It's not enough to write off the game as escapism. The obvious question to ask, he said, is what are they escaping from and what are they escaping to? Part of what's holding game criticism back, Spectre feels, is the difficulty in emphasizing what makes games different from other forms of entertainment. We're the only medium in history that can respond to the player, he said. Games can see what you do and respond accordingly. Now, Warren Spector is a well-respected game designer, a, a luminary of the industry. And I'm just a guy with a microphone and a website. So take what I'm about to say here with as many grains of salt as you see fit. But I think the good Mr. Spector errs somewhat in his arguments here. Because he's right, games are a fundamentally different form of entertainment than television, cinema, or music. TV shows, movies, and songs on our iPods. We are passive participants in these forms of entertainment. We don't get any input into them. They are created for us to sit back and take in. Games aren't like that. Games are designed for us to interact with. Something happens in the game, and we, the player, respond to it. And then the game responds to our response in some way. 
there's a back and forth of action and reaction that takes place, and it is by that means that we navigate through the circumstances of the game, through its world and story. And fun, the notion that there is something in that action-reaction dynamic that produces enjoyment on the part of the player, is central to the idea of what a game is. I suppose I could cite Rafe Coster's A Theory of Fun, but I think it's something, I hope it's a concept we can generally accept, if a, that if a game isn't fun for the players, players won't stick with the game, even if it has a really important commentary to offer about gender roles, politics, or anything else within the surrounding culture. Depression Quest is not a bad example to draw upon here. Here's a game that has quite a lot of cultural commentary incorporated into it. Depression is a real problem in society, and Depression Quest explores some of the issues pertaining thereto, and it doesn't do a half-bad job with them. But it's not particularly fun, and this makes it very difficult to stick with through to the end, which, in turn, means that whatever message it is trying to convey ends up getting lost, at least for most of its audience. It's less like a game, and more like a somewhat dry PowerPoint presentation, really. The last time I checked, my game library was full of titles like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Ultima, The Longest Journey. Can we really say that games like these aren't games with oftentimes profound things to say about a variety of pressing social issues. The Ultimas tackle all sorts of different topics in their plots, including morality and racism. Bioware's games, since at least Jade Empire, always offer up commentary on gender roles and sexuality. Or take a game like Among the Sleep. Here's a game that tackles... A few very heavy subjects, divorce, substance abuse, and child abuse among them. But it does so in a way that manages to somehow be engaging even so. I mean, okay, seeing a toddler in apparent peril is admittedly rather disturbing. Perhaps more so in my case, because one of the kidlets is about the same age as the protagonist of the game. But Among the Sleep has some genuinely interesting mechanics even so. It's fun to try and figure out how to navigate through its world as a toddler. It's fun to try and overcome some of the issues with, say, balance. Not in the sense of, you know, my stats versus the enemy's stats, but in the actual sense of, you know, physics and gravity. Some of the issues with balance that toddlers have to struggle with. Their heads are big compared to their bodies. They're top-heavy. They're kind of off-kilter. It's hilarious, to me as a parent at any rate, that crawling is the game's sprint mode. And yeah, if you're, you're having fun with those things. But as you're doing that, you're also navigating through a short but deep look at some pretty serious social ills. But again, you're still having fun as you do so. Here's the thing. Critics of these games already take note of such things. They call them out and discuss them. The commentary that Spectre is calling for already takes place in large part but not without some consideration also being given to the fun aspect of these games, because it's that aspect of the games, the fun, that is the key component, not of their message per se, 
but of how effective they are in delivering that message. Dragon Age Origins wasn't fun for me when I first played it. I thought the combat was dreary and boring. It was Neverwinter Nights combat with a little bit more blood spatter. And if the game was going to require me to navigate hundreds of combat encounters, which it did, well, that just wasn't going to do. I tried to play the game twice. I stopped playing both times. Um, just the thought of fighting my way through battle after battle with these boring mechanics where you can practically see the dice rolling behind the screen wasn't for me. It was only after I installed a couple of mods that sped up the combat animations and made my character execute more epic kill type moves that the combat in the game was just entertaining enough that I was willing to do more than play beyond the origin story section of the plot. And sure, once I did, I found that the game had a fair bit of social commentary to make, all of which I would have missed being engaged by if I hadn't found a way to make the combat, which, let's face it, is a significant progression mechanic in the Dragon Age series, if I hadn't found a way to make the combat fun. This isn't just true of video games, by the way. There's a board game I want to get for the kidlets called Robot Turtles, which is all about teaching kids the basics of programming, or programming logic at least. But it does this by way of a colorful card-based board game. Kids issue instructions to their turtles by playing specific cards. It's fun. There's also things like scratch cards, which are colorful. Note the theme here printable cards that contain programming challenges and their solutions for the Scratch programming framework game thing developed by MIT. Basically, cute animals and robots, or what have you, help kids learn the basics of coding. There's even an online coding challenge where Frozen's Elsa and Anna, of all people, help teach kids some basic coding principles, a fun, there's that word again, approach to the question of how to get young girls more interested in coding. Heck, Spectre is a teacher himself. Surely he appreciates that a class in which the students feel engaged, feel that the class is in some way fun, is a better class overall than one in which that engagement, that fun, is lacking. Surely he appreciates that the former is more conducive to learning than the latter, and surely he understands and supports the idea that students will, in part, rate a class on how engaged and, dare I say it, entertained by it, they were. So it isn't, I don't think, that we need to move beyond the idea that what makes a game successful is whether it is fun or not. I think we instead need to move beyond the idea that fun is necessarily the same as mere escapism. I think games, gamers, and game developers should happily embrace the idea that games should be fun. And that it is the fact that they are fun, the fact that they can draw us in and move us to explore further, that makes them a powerful vehicle for offering up commentary on the surrounding culture, perhaps the most powerful vehicle for doing just that. And game criticism should absolutely put some focus on that, put some focus on fun, because it's the fun that's the vehicle for those other things. Games that have that commentary but don't have fun are just boring if somewhat interactive lectures. And that's fine if that's your thing. 
but it isn't most people's thing. There's a couple of shoutouts I want to make tonight. Uh, the first one goes to Clortos Dragon, who I should have mentioned last week, and my apologies for that, good sir. I think the final decision to launch this podcast came out of a discussion he and I had, in which he also suggested that I call it Name Job Bye. Obviously, I didn't go with that name for the main podcast, but you can bet that I'll be using it if ever I bring on a guest for a second er, for an interview at any point during the show. And secondly, a shout out to Ultima Codex commenter Frank for his suggestions about how to reduce the effect of harsh harsh consonants in the podcast recording. All right, so. I'm actually planning on making shoutouts like that a regular feature of the podcast. If you'd like to recommend anyone for a shoutout, send an email to ultimacodex at gmail.com, which you can also use to suggest podcast topics, offer commentary or criticism about podcast episodes, and or volunteer your time as either an occasional or regular contributor to podcast sessions. I can sit here and talk... And perhaps people will enjoy listening to that, but personally I think it would be a lot more fun if we were able to make this, at least occasionally, into a bit of a group discussion session. As well, if you haven't already, you should totally sign on with the Ultima Dragons Facebook group, or with the Ultima Dragons community on Google+. I'll post both of the links in the show notes. The Facebook group is easily the larger and more lively, but that just means that the Google Plus one needs a few more members posting content there on a more regular basis. Finally, there's the Ultima Codex Patreon, which I've actually just overhauled the rewards for, so now at the $10 pledge level there, you'll get access to Spam 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 Humbug episodes the day before they go live here on the site. And at the same time, you'll be helping me both maintain and, with sufficient funding, expand the server infrastructure of the Codex to better deliver all the things you come looking for thereat. So, this was not the longest podcast. I doubt it will. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm definitely not going to set any records for length tonight, but that's okay. Uh, I think it's... uh, little bit of a heavier topic to start in. I think I might try and focus on some lighter and broader fare next week. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed listening, and I hope you'll be back next week when we will talk about other stuff. And in the meantime, be virtuous and take care. Take care.